This is the Barbecue Central Show podcast being generated from a live recording of the Barbecue Central Show, which airs at thebbqcentralshow.com every Tuesday between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. Visit them at thebbqguru.com or call them 800 800- 288-GURU. And by Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Sauces, rubs, grills, smokers, everything for the outdoor chef. Visit them online at tastylicksbbq.com or call them 800-677-2882. And by Butcher Barbecue. Manufacturers of premium injections, rubs, and sauces. Visit them online and take full advantage at butcherbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jeweler. Official jeweler of the Barbecue Central Show. Visit them at stephendefranco.com or call 440-943-2700 and use keyword Barbecue Brother to receive all the discounts. And by iGrill, manufacturer of Bluetooth-enabled temperature, which is generated and sent to your smart device. You can find out more information by visiting iGrillInc.com. Use promo code CENTRAL to get 15% off your entire order at the iGrill Inc. store. And by Green Mountain Grills, one of the country's premier pellet grill manufacturers. Three different sizes to choose from, something to fit in every budget, and find out more by visiting GreenMountainGrills.com. And by CookShack, the country's premier manufacturer of electronic and pellet-driven cookers, servicing the residential, commercial, and competition markets. Visit CookShack.com for more information. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central Show. It's the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. I'm your program host. Greg Rempe, you want to jump in on the show tonight? More than happy to have you. 877-448-0433. You can also email the show if you would care to. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Those are your two bits of contact info. Yeah, if you want to find out anything else about the show, you can visit the main website, the BBQ Central Show.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Again, which you can also subscribe to when you go to the main website. Uh, Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, first-timers to the show, it'll be a three, well, four in total if you count me, but a three-person interview with the guys over at Grill Easy. That's right. Looking for something efficient, convenience-wise, Grill Easy might be something that you're looking for. Uh, Coming up at 9.35... I'm kind of open, so we're going to be uh, hitting a bunch of various items. And then we'll move into the second hour, finding a couple different interviews. I uh, want to reload from last week, but at 
Steve Grams from Western W3 Barbecue Cookoff Series joins me. Talk about that. Last event coming up next month. And then helping me close out the show, as I had mentioned, a reload from last week. Trying not to make it three for three this week. The only barbecue editor in the country from Texas Monthly, Daniel Vaughn, joining us. The prophet of smoked meat. Sylvie Curry right in the uh, chat room, by the way, if everybody will check it out. The West Coast offense, courtesy of Big Papa Smoke. Thank you. Sterling Ball. And it's a hoodie, no less, because as luck would have it, while it was a balmy 42 degrees last Tuesday, it has remembered exactly what time of year it is and exactly what part of the country we're in, and we are back to sub-zero wind chills. Thanks for coming. So I got both heaters going, trying to make sure that the Internet doesn't get frozen up like it has when it's gotten really cold here over the last number of weeks, so we'll try and go uninterrupted. That's what's happening. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. If you would care to jump in. More than happy to have you. You could lend something to the show. Why not come on? Maybe we'll recap a little Olympics a little bit later on in the show. Maybe not. As a matter of fact, it looks like we're not. I know that look. Uh, if you're watching the show, uh, do me a favor, as I ask each and every week, a little Facebook post or get on the Twitter and let everybody know that you can find the show a couple different ways. OutdoorCookingChannel.com is the place to go for this video feed. You can also get the audio archives, uh, well, the audio feed at TheBBQCentralShow.com if you have Internet Protocol Television to a number of different platforms, but we affectionately refer to as Roku as our favorite Go to the App Store on your particular IP device, download the Outdoor Cooking Channel app, and there should be a live streaming option right when you load it up. And don't forget, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes for replays. I have the YouTube channel, which is uh, flashing on the lower third, uh, but that would be YouTube slash barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, the numeral for the letter U, barbecue for you. You can get YouTube videos there, Outdoor Cooking Channel for video replays as well, and of course uh, the main website for all replays of all sorts, Barbecue Central Show. So no reason you should ever miss anything on the show ever on the face of the earth. So I want to ask you a question. What? Oh boy. We got girl problems. Get that big stuff out of here. I, that's for... I, it should be a daily occurrence. Not going to get into them. So I found there's a website, I don't know if you're familiar with it, called Fiverr, F I V E, and then two R's, Fiverr.com. And it's a, a clearinghouse of all sorts of goodness. You can get uh, voiceover work done, you can get uh, animations done, you can get all this stuff. So uh, two weeks ago or whatever it was, I had a picture of myself made for like a Valentine's Day present. And they take a picture that you actually send them, like a physical, regular picture. doesn't have to be paper picture. I don't even think they make those anymore. And then uh, they convert it into a, a cartoon. So there was. So I just want to, for gauging of purpose, let's see if you think this looks like me. So a couple years ago, I grew a beard. I was confused by some as uh, being generically Middle Eastern and terroristic looking. Uh, that's this picture right here. So beard, I had a hat on, the hood sweatshirt, I had the eyes open. I do look a little ominous, if I'm being honest. 
And then... What? And then... Oh. I had this uh, lady draw a picture of me through, uh, through this. She took that picture, this one right here, and then she puts it through whatever process, and then she uh, came up with this rendering. And so the question to you, of course, in the chat room is, is there any, re- <laughs> is there any resemblance to the original picture? Which, of course, again, is me. Here's what I paid $5 for. Should I or should I not be getting my money back? Once again, uh, this is the cartoon picture. This is the original picture. And then this is the picture that I paid for. Once again, original picture. And this is the picture that I paid for. Wow. I'm going to be posting that on the Facebooks. And the Twitters to get your reaction. Um, Just for point of reference, the picture that I paid for originally, which you see on my Twitter account, you actually see it up here right now, is this one, uh, which was from a different picture. I think that one probably looks better than this one. Those two don't even look like the same person, and they're the same person. It's me, right? Yeah. Granted, this one was when I was a little bit younger. But there's the original, and then that's what I get. I mean, you know, for five bucks in the end, I mean, probably not that big of a deal. But it looks like uh, I should be getting money back from the reviews in the chat room. Uh, You might recall that last week, I believe it was right around the 935 segment, a little fella called Matt Barber was on the show. And he went to Force Pierce this past Fort Pierce this past weekend in Florida to compete, and well, to no one's surprise, won the event. That's right, the karma still intact. And not really a close one either, like by seven plus points to boot. So quite a healthy butt kicking. Trouble. Is anyone's ha- uh, uh, Alright, let me ask. Is anyone else having trouble getting the website to load? Can't even get the Outdoor Cooking Channel website. But other sites also seem to load fine. Um, no. Everything is fine here, I believe. Not. Uh, let me go up to my little broadcast button here. Make sure that I... Yeah, no, everything's fine. Everybody's in that's in tonight, folks, and that's it. So, uh, big congratulations to Matt Barber and Hot Wachulas. That is his second grand championship in 2014. Adam, uh, refresh, if you will. Go back, refresh, F5, you know, whatever you do. Whatever the nerds tell you to do. I don't know if anybody saw this. But, uh, well, you know what, better not, uh, better not get into that. Couple different things that we're going to be holding on to either in the second hour or next week. You know, there's a very popular barbecue sauce out there, and we actually touched on it when we talked with David Qualls last week about his smoking at the run shootout coming up next month. But Head Country is out of Oklahoma, and evidently there is a huge Head Country feud that is going on, Hatfield and McCoy style, and also barbecue raft. Gets in hot water. 
little teaser is what we call that in the industry, folks. A little teaser. So we'll get to that at some point. Uh, coming up out of the break, Grill Easy. Want convenient cooking with charcoal? Certainly. More than happy to help you out and talk to uh, some entrepreneurial-type chaps. That's coming up. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Stephen DeFranco and uh, the good folks over there, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Here's the website, stephendefranco.com. It is the anniversary and engagement ring specialist, the, the wedding band, the engagement ring and wedding band store. Stephen DeFranco Jewelers specializing in jewelry for that very special someone, engagement rings, wedding bands that differ from the chain stores and rings and design and quality. You know, on the rare occasion that they don't have that special engagement ring or wedding band for that special someone, they can either customize it or they can make it fit perfectly into that person's life. Uh, we, they have the largest selection of engagement rings in Northeast Ohio, and depending on where you're at, you know that could easily be twice as big as what you have in your neck of the woods. You call them. 440-943-2700. And then you ask for Steve. You tell him you're a barbecue brother or sister. And then you're off and running. Here you go. I'm at the watch section now. Right now, the, the Highline Accutron Boliva watches. I actually own this watch right here. This is a succulent timepiece. It's got the rose gold around it. It's got the semi-rubber band or whatever you call it. Uh, you see the price here at nine twenty-five. Okay, don't be fooled. You call in to this guy right here, Steve DeFranco, right there on your left-hand side. Steve's blog. Read about that. Uh, 440-943-2700. 440-943-2700. Or online, as you see here, stephendefranco.com. D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O. Once you call in, ask for Steve. He's the guy that runs the deal. The owner. We talk with about top men all the time on this show. He is top men. Give him a shout. Talk to him. Tell him what you're looking for. Tell him you found something on the website that you would like him to uh, set aside for you or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, free shipping when you get the watches. Free gift wrapping. Free engraving. Free batteries for life. We'll set the time twice a year if you want to. Service out the yin-yang. But you got to take the first step. Stop dealing with the bull crap at the malls and the stores and people don't care about you. Deal with Steve. 440-943-2700. StephenDeFranco.com. All right, we are back with the gang over at Grill Easy. Talking about a little convenient cooking. Lots more on the show. Hang on. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, gang, we're back, 877-448-0433, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Uh, you know, if I've said it once, I've said it twice. Convenience is becoming more essential than ever 
in the barbecue and grilling industry. Topping the list for most folks is the transport, lighting, and cooking of charcoal. Whether it be in the backyard, on the competition circuit, or at the parks for family cookouts. My next guests have come up with a product that looks to solve this problem and uh, in one neat package, pun intended. Let's welcome first-timers to the show, and I hope I get their names right. Uh, Mike Angeloff, Alex Burakovsky, and Daniel Ravinsky joining me here on the show. The guys over at GrillEasy.com. Uh, gang, what's up? Not much. What's up, Greg? Good, All right. to be, uh, good to be with you. An honor to be here. Did I uh, get anybody's name wrong? Uh, no, you, you, that's good. Good, good job. Aha, it must be my thick Russian blood running through me, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> the, All right, the pronunciations were, were right on. It's better with a little vodka. Yeah, everything is always better with a little vodka, no doubt about it. All right, guys, so uh, let's get into this a little bit. Before we get into the product specifically, uh, maybe a, a quick little thumbnail background on all of you guys, and uh, we'll start with Mike. Uh, so... Um, my background is actually, you know, I went to school in Babson College, uh, studied entrepreneurship and finance. I've uh, been working in finance uh, pretty much my whole uh, adult life, um, but always kind of tinkering <coughs> with uh, new business ideas and always trying to uh, come up with you know, something innovative. And, um, you know, Alex, Daniel, and I have been friends for a long time. We love camping grilling and uh we figured hey you know we gotta take the plunge and uh create some some innovation in an industry that's uh you know, hasn't had too much innovation in, in the past hundred years kind of kind of living the american dream right that's what it's all about yeah alex uh what i mean what are you up to background wise uh it's kind of similar actually i also graduated from babson and babson is obviously very um Entrepreneurial focused, so we kind of had it ingrained in us, brainwashed that uh, that's that's the way to go, and we're always been very innovative, and uh, we love to we love to grill over open fire, and uh, we just figured that. Um, I mean, my my background is also kind of in technology, and also um, uh, had another venture before this, so I guess uh, hopefully a serial entrepreneur at the beginning of it. Uh, Daniel, round it out for us. What are you up to? Uh, I'm a, I come from IT software background, so completely uh, the opposite from grilling and uh, in the barbecue industry. But always been like Alex and Mike said, you know, with the natural uh, uh, performance of components and food, and also really you know we do our outdoorsing. Uh, so that's basically how we got into the, the, the barbecue thing. But myself basically come from IT, uh, but always looking forward to new ventures, new uh, ideas. And that's how we are. That's where we are. All right. Mike, Alex, and Daniel joining me here from Grill Easy, the website, by the way, if you want to check it out here while we're talking, grill-easy.com. You can get them on the Twitter at, at Grill Easy and on the Facebook slash Grill Easy. All right. So uh, figure out how you're going to want to answer these questions. I'll, I'll leave that up to you guys. But, you know, obviously there is some kind of an event or a brainstorm that hits one or two or all three of you guys, and you're like, man, you know, this 20-pound bag of schlepping charcoal stuff is for the birds. There's got to be a better way. So how does the genesis of Grill Easy come about? So, you know, we, we go on, on camping trips pretty much every, every year as, as a tradition. Um, and like you said, we're always schlepping around uh, huge bags 
uh, of charcoal. Um, like I mentioned before, I, I like to kind of tinker with, with new ideas, innovations. Um, I really got into, you know, using charcoal chimneys um, and spent a good amount of time in Home, Home Depot making my own kind of do-it-yourself chimneys, buying all kinds of pipes and handles and um, whatnot. And then, you know, one, one day we were grilling, we were like, you know, why don't we make a portable, you know, single-use charcoal chimney um, instead, instead of, you know, lugging along a huge bag, dumping it out in the chimney, you know, develop something that's easy to grab, throw in your trunk, um, you don't have to get, get your hands dirty. And uh, we started, um, you know, making prototypes about a year and a half ago, did a lot of testing and, you know, finally launched last summer uh, with uh, the final product that we have right now. Is it a, is it a complete, like, buy-in from everybody there in the group or is... Like some people, do you guys come together and be like, hey, I have an idea. Let's see if we can put it together. Do some people need convincing? I mean, how does the whole group guy go? We, I don't think we ever needed any convincing. I mean, we always had the same common problem. And I, I will, you know, I will admit that Mike was the innovator and he was kind of the brainchild behind uh, coming up with a concept. And I think it took the three of us to really tinker with the design and a lot of burning sessions, a lot of weird looks. We would go to parks, and uh, it was actually, I mean, it's a sad timing, but it was during the, uh, after the marathon bombings and in Boston, and we were burning these boxes in parks, and people would be looking at us because we wouldn't be grilling. All we would do is we would burn these boxes, and then we would leave. So you can imagine what kind of looks we were getting at these <laughs> different parks. But... Um, uh, you know, it, it took a lot of iterations and to come up with kind of this final design that burns consistently and, you know, uh, works the way we were hoping it was going to work. So are you guys full-time into this at this point, or does everybody have day jobs? Oh, and by the way, you're lucky enough to get to work on Grill Easy, too, so you have like two or three jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we all have, um, you know, at least... At least two jobs. Um, you know, like like Alex said, you know we're sort of bordering serial entrepreneur entrepreneurs. Um, you know we all have have day jobs. Some of our jobs are more flexible than others. Um, but you know, uh, aside from our day jobs, we do spend you know almost full time on this uh, just to ramp it up for this coming summer. Um, we did a good amount of testing last summer. Came in a little bit late in the season. Um, so we're hoping to ramp things up and, uh, you know, really go full swing for uh, spring and the summer season. All right, so let me back out just for a second, I guess for the folks that um, either don't have Internet access right now or just on an audio stream and can't see you guys. Uh, and I, I see you have a product there in the background, Daniel. Can you, A, I guess show it for the video side of things, I'm going to flash the website, but kind of paint a picture as how this thing looks and how it operates. Sure. So this, this is the actual box. Um, we already kind of ripped off the bottom strip, just kind of show the, the inner workings, and I don't know if you can see, but there's a little wick right here. Yep. And uh, you basically, you rip off the bottom strip and you place the box inside the grill and you light this wick. And there's a chimney, and you can see there's a chimney connects. And basically the, the charcoal sits on a little grate inside the, inside the box for airflow. And then it starts smoking, starts burning from within. 
and there's no additives, there are no chemicals, so there's no there are no starters. It's uh, basically just kind of basic uh, physics that works. And is it uh, hardwood lump charcoal in there or briquettes? It's hardwood. Yeah, it's a lump charcoal. All right. What kind of uh, wood are you using? Do you have a specific blend of species that you like, or are you just yeah, grabbing we've pine? Been, we've been uh, trying out different woods. So far, our favorite is um, maple and, and birch mix. Um, it really lights lights pretty well. It gives off a lot of good flavors. Um, that's been our uh, kind of best best option right now. You know, we're open to you know in the future we're hoping to have you know maybe uh, mesquite hickory flavors as well. You know, not just one one type of wood. Is it a is it a difficult task? I mean, you know, you're coming with having a to have a lightable box. I mean, obviously, I guess you can light anything on fire if you try hard enough but you got to source somebody to make the box it's got to be a certain way you got to fill with a certain amount of uh, charcoal in order to make it proper and and meet your specifications but as far as sourcing the charcoal that seems to me like it would be kind of a big pain in the ass i mean how do you do that uh yeah we're um you know right now our advantage is you know we're we're just starting out and trying out different um charcoal manufacturers um, so we have an advantage because you know we're we're getting small batch uh, quantities. So you know we're not signing our life away with you know huge huge orders yet, uh, which gives us an opportunity to you know find find the best one uh, to to use. Are they? Is it a local source at this point, like domestic, or are you going uh, you know into Mexico or Canada or somewhere for that? Um, well, Canada. right now, Canada, yeah. So the, the actual charcoal comes from Canada. Uh, we, we would, of course, uh, would love to source everything from the States and, and make it a completely domestic product. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> oh, Canada. Yeah. Um, but, we, we, you know, in our proximity, uh, being in Massachusetts to the, you know, Canada is also uh, helps out a bit. Mike Angeloff, Alex Burakovsky, Daniel Ravinsky joining me here on the show. Grill Easy, Grill Easy, uh, sorry, grill-easy.com, the website, uh, at Grill Easy on Twitter, and Facebook is uh, slash Grill Easy. Uh, guys, how long of a cook time are you seeing out of this box if you are just kind of running open with no lid on it to control any fire, just a straight-up rocket fire burn time? Uh, we're experiencing about 45 minutes, uh, you know, if it's, Plane out, you know, on a picnic grill without any any covers. Obviously, the you know, if you're grilling right now, you know, in our location where it's you know consistently 15 degrees, yeah, uh, you might get a little less. But you know, in the in, in the spring, summer, normal temperatures, you'll get you know 45 minutes or an hour out of it. I mean, I think it also depends on your cooking. Um, Technique if you opening over, I don't know if you said open or not. Yeah, he, he yeah, it's open. Yeah, obviously, you know, if you're using a smoker or uh, you know, a ceramic motto type of grill, um, there's not much airflow. This thing will last, you know, the charcoal will last for a really long time. Do you have it put together so it's geared to like a certain number of people, or is it just you know, sheer weight and, uh, and a cook time type of a formula? Yeah, it's, it's about eight people. I mean, we kind of measure between six to eight people. Again, it depends, I guess, how hungry you are and how much meat you're cooking. But on average, we even sometimes have one box, you know, for 10 people or so. So 
It's definitely a product that you can use for small get-togethers, and it can even be good enough for tailgate. That's something that we're pushing uh, the football team, and we're trying to do it again in the summer. So it's kind of a multi-product uh, which can be used for small gatherings as well as large groups. As far as the specs of the box and you know how much charcoal is in there, do you have like a weight of charcoal and then a weight of the whole package itself, and then a price point, obviously? Yeah, it's about uh, you know we're targeting two pounds of charcoal. Uh, the funny thing about charcoal is that it it tends to change change weight depending on humidity. Yeah. <laughs> so you know it could start out you know. We'll weigh it at two pounds. It could it could end up being a little more, a little less. Uh, the box itself, um, you know, it's pretty thin corrugated cardboard, and it's you know it doesn't add too much weight to it. I'm sorry, you had a second question. Yeah, uh, price point. Of course, everybody here in the states are a cheap bastards, so they want everything that they could possibly get for as little money as possible. But where are we at price point wise on these guys? Um, I, online right now, we're uh, we're selling them for five ninety nine. Um, we, you know, obviously it's if you if you compare pound pound for pound, you know, you're obviously better off buying a huge huge bag. Uh, but with really easy, you're you're paying for convenience, not having the mess, single use solution um, to you know firing up your grill. So uh, there is a bit of a premium. Um, most people that you know, we've encountered, don't really have a problem. Um, you know, they said they would even pay, you know, up to 10 bucks for, for it. So, um, you know, we haven't settled on a final price for, for retail stores, uh, but online, you know, right now you could grab it for 5.99. Is it only available online at this point and you're working to get in the retails or are you uh, infiltrating some retail stores right now? We, we, we have, um, uh, position ourselves uh, in some uh, local retail stores, uh, hardware stores, uh, gas stations, um, liquor stores um, within within the Boston area. I think we're really going to start going to start pushing now uh, to get into uh, bigger stores. Uh, you know, hopefully, uh, stores like REI and Aspro Shop. Uh, that's kind of our that's kind of our goal, uh, but. Also, in peril that are, you know, one of the things Daniel was talking about was the size and how much the box is good for. Uh, you know, our, our idea and our target is that we're going to make this, you know, the box is really for portability purposes. So it really is great for camping, picnicking, tailgating, uh, something that you, you know, don't have to, you know, maybe not per se ideal situation for backyard barbecuing, but, but really for people on the go. Talk with the guys from Grill Easy here on the show, grill-easy.com, the website. Uh, guys, look, I'm probably not telling you anything you don't know. Distribution is like key in the charcoal sector, no matter if it's in a box or if it's in a bag. And I've seen many companies come and go during my time during the show, biggest factors being brand recognition, which Kingsford obviously dominates because Clorox is a huge conglomerate. And, of course, getting good product distribution. So how are you guys setting up to take on kind of both tasks to ensure success uh, not only short term but long term. Um, you know, right now we're working with um, with advisors um, that have brought you know other products uh, in the industry to market. Um, they have kind of forged the 
the channels that um, um, that allow them to get the distribution. So uh, we're hoping to um, you know get get good advice. Uh, we already have a lot of a lot of good connections that that we're working with um, you know for for distribution purposes and uh, getting into the larger chain chain stores. I'm going to ask you a tough question here. So I expect nothing but that, honesty. That wasn't a tough question? No, that was a tough question. <laughs> oh, no, this is the toughest one, of course. So, you know, it's kind of like technology or, or any good idea. Uh, so you guys have a product that, you know, there's not a lot of competition in the marketplace. Uh, I've seen some types of products like you guys have that really haven't made it through. But let's say Grill Easy gets really popular here over the next uh, 12, 14 months. And then you have somebody like a, a Kingsford or a Royal Oak that says, Hey, uh, Mike and uh, Dan and Alex, uh, I want to stroke you a check for XYZ amount. Do you guys have, have you conversed at all on a walkaway number at this point this early in the game that you would just sell right out to? Or And it's not in a bad way because I'm still waiting for somebody to buy this damn radio show and it still hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, but is there a number that you would uh, you know, kind of walk away at and, and let a bigger company take advantage of? Well, I think, and you know, one thing, Greg, I'll, I'll give as a disclaimer to you and, and your audience is that we actually uh, haven't discussed this before. So I think I'm going to say whatever I'm going to say is going to be my personal, and I, I can you know turn over to Mike and Daniel and see what they say. But what their opinion is, um, I mean, personally, I think we really want to try to build a brand. I mean, I think we um, and the idea behind starting Real Easy was not just about having a one product company. It really was to start a brand that's tailored towards a more natural, green way of growing. Um, and, you know, even though this is our kind of first product, maybe a flagship product, uh, we're, we are really hoping that, uh, I know it's not going to be an easy, probably, road ahead, but we're hoping to kind of stick around for a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on the same page with Alex. Um, we want to we want to grow the brand. Uh, not you know we're not very short-sighted about it. Um, we would like to include you know many other products. You know try to tackle the kind of pain points of grilling. You know it's all about having fun, being with your friends and family, and we want to take away the kind of frustrations out of you know lighting charcoal or cleaning the grill or you know all those the the items that, that come into play, you know, throughout the whole process. Um, so, um, you know, once we build, we build that, um, we might start thinking of an exit strategy, um, depending on how things go, but it's really, you know, we're not doing this, uh, at this point for, you know, to get X amount of money out of this. Dan, you seem to, uh, be a little bit more calculated back there. I bet you have a number in your head. What do you think? Well, uh, I mean, what they said. <laughs> One million dollars. No. Yeah, yeah we're, like, we're like Facebook to buy us. Uh, I mean, you know, just like if, WhatsApp. Uh, you know, Facebook can buy WhatsApp uh, for $16 billion. I think uh, our product is a little bit more useful than that application. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, what they said, it is true. We want to grow a brand. But if we are approached by Kickstarter or anybody else that can uh, maybe push our product even to a higher level. So I think we'll never pass up the opportunity. But uh, it, we definitely want to build something that we can uh, kind of put our name on it and give, basically have it uh, grow. But, yeah. 
Mike Angeloff, Alex Burakovsky, and Daniel Ravinsky created Easy Grill. You can find it at Grill Dash. I'm sorry, Grill Easy. Jesus Christ! You can find <laughs> yeah, it at Grill Dash. Easy Grill's already been uh, generated. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, grill Dash Easy dot com. The website. Pick some up. Try it out for yourself. Uh, guys, continued success with the product, and thanks so much for coming on tonight. Really appreciate it. Thank you, thanks, guys. Greg. It's a pleasure yep. to be here. You got it. There they are. Three bunch of classy guys right there from Grill Dash. It's an easy grill. Jeez, oh, Pete. Hi, I'm your professional host, Greg Griffey. Buy your Kingsford here. Wow. Grill-easy.com is the uh, place to find it. I uh, do have a sample box in my garage. But as luck would have it, um, I don't have all of my grills at the new Palatial Studios yet. They're still hanging out at the rental. All right, uh, we're coming back with a uh, what I would call an open segment. So if you got something to get off your mind, more than happy to uh, get you up on the air so you can weigh in on one or two or ten different things. Give me a product review. I'm going to be uh, showing some products off here in just a moment. Uh, before we do that, I want to talk to you about the Barbecue Guru, longest-running sponsor of the show, located in Warminster, Pennsylvania. If you have been thinking even for one second about getting an automatic temperature control device for your cooker, stop here. It's the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why would you buy from any other company? Patently ridiculous. Now, if you're not familiar with how these work, I'm not going to get into the minute detail, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature in one set. It keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sounded good to be true? It's not. This is real life, and you can take advantage of it today. Now, maybe you're a busy working professional like me, or perhaps you are constantly on the run with the kids doing errands. Quite frankly, you don't have the time to set around 10 pit temperatures. I get it. Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, chickens. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the Guru maintains the pit temperature you set it at. Currently, a number of different models to choose from. Two of the most popular, CyberCube Wi-Fi, hands down. If you can access hotspots, if you can uh, generate a Wi-Fi signal, the CyberCube Wi-Fi is there to really accommodate you in a number of different ways. How about this? Maybe you're a competitor on the barbecue circuit, and you're in your trailer and your cooker's outside, and now you can check uh, the internal temperatures of meat. You can check your pit temperature from the comfort of your smart device, tablet or phone or laptop or netbook or whatever it is. Don't have to go outside and check it anymore. No, no, no. Just uh, fire up your device, check it out through the application there for CyberQ Wi-Fi. Make adjustments. If you're cooking too fast, ramp the pit temperature down. If you're cooking too slow, ramp it up. Just as easy as that. Uh, you can also get into that party queue. It's undergoing a facelift right now, but for $129. I don't know if it gets any easier for point of entry in automatic pit temperature. And once you realize you like it, you can uh, certainly go wild from there. Party Q transfers to a number of different models. It's self-contained, runs on AA batteries. And don't forget, if you're looking for a cooker, Onyx Oven is where it's at as well. Large capacity, holding half and full pans for food service, seamlessly operating with Barbecue Guru pit temperature control devices. Head on over to thebbqguru.com or call them 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology and... Uh, soon enough, we'll be having uh, Bob Trudnak back on to talk about the new partnership with Guru and uh, KCBS. How about that? All right, uh, more to come here. Hang on.
get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, Let's go! I'm an outlaw, give me two shots. We don't need a radio, bring a jukebox. For my outlaws, bring me three shots. All right, we are back, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Thanks to Mike Angeloff, Alex Burakovsky, Daniel Ravinsky from Grill Easy. Grill-Easy.com, the place to pick yours up if you are... So inclined to do something, man. It was, uh, oh man, I should do the homework. Hold on a second, I'm going to tell you right now. I'll do a quick. So what I love about the the Gmails is you can search anything, and man, is it your fingertips like Tom's thumbs blues? I don't even know what that means. All right, so here it is. All right, so back. Wow, this, oh, so, so almost four years ago to the month, um, the last time I had any communication with this character, it was March. Uh, beginning of March in 2010, so almost four years ago, to the month, there was a guy on the show, I don't know if you recall it, named Felipe Correa, and he was from uh, a product, a Grill Innovation, no, not Grill Innovations, and I just shrunk it down. Damn it. Hold on a sec. Uh, Phil, 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 Felipe, ugh. How about this? Correa. F? F? Yeah, come on. I know I got something in there. F? Co. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was called. Barbecue Solutions was the name of the business. Uh, OneLightCharcoal.com. OneLightCharcoal.com was a similar concept, except it didn't come in a box. It came in a bag, sturdy bag, and it had a flue down the middle of it, and you had to uh, you had to drop a. Uh, it came with its own matches that you lit off the bottom. Of course, you know the downside to that is if you screw up two matches, you're not lighting it. But uh, the thing that I've uh, come to find is I click on uh, onelightcharcoal.com, it uh, directs you to the Kingsford website. All right. So there's a guy out there in the competitive barbecue world. Many would consider him to be an angel. Uh, many would consider him to be a truth teller. I call him a guy that sent me a whole bunch of really cool stuff. Uh, you might have heard of him. It's uh, Sterling Ball over at Big Papa Smokers. Uh, sent me this uh, nifty little hat. Uh, what I like about this hat, it's not the fact that it's black, because I'm not a big fan of the black hat. Not since gangster rap in the 90s. Uh, it's one of those uh, flex fit caps. So... You can try it on. I'll go ahead and try it on right here. It's all black. You can't even see my head. Wow. The front ways on this. What do we think? I could be on... Uh, that's weird in the background. It gets really light. Or really dark in the, the top of the background. i got to bend the bill a little bit. So we got that cool hat. And then we have a uh, what looks to be a Big Papa Smokers uh, t-shirt. Right here on the back, it says, uh, keep on smoking. Right there. Nice Hanes quality t-shirt. What else have we got here? Hold on. Uh, I got a pair of these doohickeys. 
the uh, Big Papa Smokers uh, beer koozies. I mean, I don't know if you can assume that they're just always beer koozies, but I don't know if I'm going to stick uh, Pepsi Cola in there. Flex fit cap don't fit big heads, people. Don Geiger speaking from experience, evidently. I don't know, uh, Don. Many people would say it fits perfectly on me. And then I don't... Well, you know, my favorite part of the whole box is this hoodie sweatshirt, the West Coast offense. Uh, my, you know, that, So that's 1A. 1B of the box, which I'm getting ready to show you. Is, uh, the, uh, it also came with a bunch of... I'm guessing these are like uh, bumper stickers, decals. Uh, so you got the Big Papa Smoker thing here. You got another one here. You got it in red, Big Papa Smoker. You got the... Uh, maybe I'll get one, uh, put it on my... Uh, make a tattoo out of it. Big Papa Smoker tattoo. Uh, but the the uh, this uh, uh, hoodie, very nice. It's got a nice little uh, low Big Papa, jeez, uh, Big Papa Smoker's uh, logo there. And uh, this is a looks to be a genie with a tong and a, uh, with a spatula and a fork. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what that means, but that's all right. Here's the best part of the box, aside from the hoodie. No less than two, four, six, seven bottles of rub of various sizes. Simply Marvelous logo. Is that what it means? Simply Marvelous? All right. So we start with, in no particular order, because I've never had any of these, uh, Desert Gold Seasoning. This is uh, Desert Gold Seasoning. All of these shakers that I'm about to show you, 14 ounces. So they're, you know, I have big hands. uh, So... You know, for them to, for me not to get my whole hand around it, you can see I'm just shy of uh, touching my thumb there. Uh, you know, it's a big shaker. So we have, uh, again, the desert gold seasoning. Uh, as far as uh, how to use it, season your meat, poultry, or veggies to taste. All right. And uh, this is uh, desert gold seasoning. So it looks pretty good. Then we have. Um, I am scared and excited. Hallelujah, bacon jalapeno rub. And the uh, delivery method on this, all-purpose jalapeno bacon garlic pepper seasoning rub. So not specifically for anything. Just go ahead and put it on at will. Then, when I saw this, and I got to tell you, Nobody loves a steak rub more than me. We have a Big Papa's double secret steak rub, uh, and that is uh, something that I'm very much looking forward to trying. It's got a nice uh, texture looking to it. I can see some, looks like some sea salt in there. How do you season your meat, poultry, or veggies to taste? I don't know if I want to use a steak rub that says steak rub on poultry, but I might. I just might. Here's something I'm very excited about when I uh, open up the box. Little Louie's seasoned garlic salt with black pepper, no less. Little Louie's seasoned garlic salt. So, you know, this is something that I can immediately see going on my grilled salad. Season your meat, poultry, or veggies to taste is a delivery method on this one as well. And then I think these are probably two of the most popular rubs, uh, whether it be on the, the backyard or whether it be on the competition circuit. You have the uh, Big Papa Smokers 
money rub, championship rub, sorry, money championship rub with a dollar sign right there, delivery method, designed for beef, pork, and chicken. Apply to your heart's content. And uh, then, uh, which I know many teams, I, I think this is part of the, I don't know if all these are part of the West Coast offense or exactly, you know, what it's done. The Happy Ending Finishing Rub, which, by the way, just happens to be one of the best names for a product out there right now. The Happy Ending Finishing Rub. (laughs) Happy Ending Finishing Rub. Like you'd get at Susie Kim's Day Spa in Youngstown, Ohio, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Delivery method here. Gently sprinkle at the end of your cook to give your meal a flavor boost. So, first and foremost, uh, thank you to Sterling Ball. I was really just looking forward to the uh, the hoodie. Because I love hoodie sweatshirts. And when it's 10 degrees below zero, keeps you nice and warm. I will be 100% honest and say that I have never gone out of my way. And this might be a, a competition thing. So if it is, please let me know, especially you guys there in the chat room. Uh, I don't know if it's a competition thing, but I don't typically put rub after I'm done cooking on the meat. When I'm taking my ribs off the cooker, you know, I might uh, get a little sauce setting on there for the last 10, 15 minutes. And I really have even gotten away from that when I'm doing it at home. I'll just cook them and then bring them and then I'll just leave sauce on the side and I'll take the sauce off the stove so it's you know, nice and warm, and then people can just paint on there and they'll kind of set up as as uh, as people wish. But I have not been a active participant in taking a rub and then, you know, dancing it around the meat prior to serving. So if that's something that, uh, A, I should have been doing all along and I've been cheating my friends and family out of it, I'm certainly not, uh, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. All right, uh, email coming in from uh, John Dawson. The Big Papa Smoker's Money Rub, pretty damn good, but if you have to whack it, but you have to whack it in a grinder, rock salt in a rub is a no-go. All right. Well, the bad news, of course, is I don't know if I... Well, that's not true. You know, when we moved, when we moved the new palatial estate, I found a burr grinder. I can use a burr grinder, right? I don't have to do it in my uh, food processor and scratch the Lexon plastic. Kent Wheelis depends on the application for me. Ribs, yes. Brisket, no, as far as applying after the fact. Sylvie Curry saying, uh, need to try Big Papa's happy ending. Well, I'm going to try it maybe before you do, Sylvie. And uh, Todd uh, Wernicke, I do it in competition using the same rub, just ground fine in a powder. All right, so it sounds like it's just kind of absorbing quickly in. And uh, there you go. Uh, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com if you want to weigh in here during the segment. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of guys uh, in competition, including the Iowa guys using it. A lot of the Iowa guys are the uh, Big Pop Elite sponsor teams as well. So uh, double, triple thanks to Big Papa Smokers for uh, the swag box of awesomeness. Uh, BigPapaSmoker.com. If you want to uh, check out his products, and of course he is uh, vending off a plethora of cookers. Uh, I think he's one of the, if not the biggest, uh, Mac grill pellet dealer. 
a pellet grill dealer in the uh, either on the internet or just in general in the country. I know it's one of those. Uh, selling a number of their cookers as well. So uh, be sure to check it out. Thanks, Sterling, for that. And I was trying my damnedest. That Sterling, a coy son of a bitch, to get him on to talk about the uh, results of the guinea pig. I uh, found a number of great write-ups on that particular event from this past weekend. Uh, trying to land him next week, maybe after the smoke is cleared, to kind of uh, go over the, the recap of the event and really kind of fine-tune and dig into where his mindset is. Uh, in comparison to you know some of the rest of the KCBS, he's sanctioned with KCBS on some of these. Uh, sometimes he's only given the competitor designation because it, maybe it's a invitational versus something that you can just sign up for. But I think uh, he is trying to change the the or, or at least try to attempt to change the mindset of competition barbecue with some facts and figures and all that stuff. So. I look forward to trying to land him down. Um, he is uh, a hard one to get. Very busy guy. Uh, look at Sylvie Curry uh, coming in eighth out of 48 at the guinea pig. Good for you. Sylvie bringing it strong. Only seven spots out of the number one place. Seven. Good. Oh, uh, there was something else I was going to talk about. Arr. Arr. Where'd it go? Oh, it's right around here. I'm telling you. I am... Oh, uh, oh. Somebody asked me, uh, what am I doing in the chat room? Well, the bottom line is this, folks. I cannot stay away from you people. I can't. I tried... With every fiber of my being, I tried to stay away from that chat room. But, look, I think sometimes you miss some, some good questions. There were a lot of good questions that were there. While we were talking to the guys over at grill-easy.com that I was able to mix in. So uh, while I do my due diligence and work and preparation before every show, I have to admit that I don't think of every question. Mostly I do, but sometimes I don't. And your guys are right there to back me up. So uh, I am back into the chat room from now on, and that way your meathead doesn't have to yell at me either for uh, saying that I'm a neglectful host or whatever. He was yelling at me. The last time. I'm also working after every show on a year in review list. That's why I'm not caught with my pants down. Oh, that was a bad uh, thing to say. That way I'm not caught late in the year thinking, hey, the end of the year is coming. I should do a recap show. A, uh, like a, a recap of the year. That's not even what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say uh, a... Uh, Year in review show. That's what I'm trying to say. So that is happening as we uh, as we do every show from here on out, and that way I'm up to speed. So maybe the last two weeks of the show, I could uh, the last the last two Tuesdays of the yeah, you know what I'm saying. All right, uh, we're going to be uh, coming back after this to wrap up the first hour. Then we'll move to the second hour. Lots of great things planned there. Uh, when we talk about barbecue stuff, you know. You know, we're talking about a very well-respected man in his profession on the competition scene uh, and on the business side of things, Dave Bosco, Butcher Barbecue. You know, here we go. You want to step up the barbecue and grilling game quickly, easily, and effectively? Go to ButcherBBQ.com, please. How about uh, Houston Livestock Barbecue Contest winners have all used Butcher's Barbecue? 
and one, as I just mentioned. That's coming up this weekend, I think. More people going to be using Butcher's Barbecue and winning with Butcher Barbecue. Uh, we all know Butcher Barbecue, well known for the injections, the pork, the beef, the prime, the bird booster. Of course, that the prime injection combined all the things love with their beef injection using its award-winning flavor enhancer and its ability to keep your brisket juicy, combined it with what has become the competition standard in beef flavor. Available for sale right now, ButcherBBQ.com. Uh, perhaps you're looking for a go-to rubber sauce. No problem. You can hit the mother load here as well. Butcher's Barbecue, full line of award-winning rubs and sauces. Uh, one of my favorite rubs is that steak rub. Of course, the honey rub, which I got like a five-pound bag in the mail last week. That was winning awards uh, last year, year before that as well. You've seen it on the television. Try premium rub, especially if you inject with Butcher's. Because it's formulated to work with the injection, a perfect one-two punch to impress judges and friends alike. Last but not least, oh my, Butcher's BBQ Sweet Barbecue Sauce. Look, when it comes to sauce, I'm as picky as it gets. Butcher's Sweet Sauce wins in every category for me. Not overly sweet, nice slice of tank, just the right amount of back-end heat as well. And for crying out loud, no liquid smoke. Dave took the time and effort to make a quality sauce, didn't take the easy, cheap, Everybody else does it. I'm going to do it two way out when he made this sauce. Left the liquid smoke on the shelf. Grab a box of six. It's going to go fast. No worries about breaking the bank on shipping either. Items totaling up to 55 bucks. Ship at $8.50. Between 55 and 200 Ship at $9.75. And anything over $200 after tax. Ships free. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. Stock up now. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. All right, we're back to wrap up the first hour right after this. i uh, like to hear from you as well. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. I think cool grilling in the chat room. West Coast offense means a layer of both rubs. Simply marvelous. And Big Papa on the meat. Uh, I got a plethora of rubs. I got neither of those. I think I need to take my uh, hoodie sweatshirt off. I don't think I got simply mar- Well, I know I didn't. I got to tell you, though, I am... Somewhat intrigued with bacon jalapeno rub. Has anybody had that? Bacon jalapeno rub? That might get cracked open after the show. Man, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm no uh, recipe person. But I'm thinking. Corn on the cob. Grilled. Hot. Maybe a thin, thin layer of mayo. And then some hot bacon jalapeno rub, maybe a little Parmesan cheese on that badass. Oh, yeah. Give me some of that. Give me some of that. What do you think? Sounds good to me. 
I think bacon jalapeno rub and a well-buttered ear of corn all by itself could be magic. So could that uh, garlic seasoned salt. I think so. Sounds good to me. Might try it. All right. uh, We have a huge second hour coming up. Daniel Vaughn will be in. Steve Grams will be in. Talking about the Western W3 barbecue cook-off series. I slept on it. Folks, I slept on it. I missed the first two events. I did. I can't lie. I did it. I'm going to make up for it now. We're going to talk to him about the uh, series itself and what's left. The capper coming off next month. March, you know, really kind of kicking off the uh, barbecue season. Florida Barbecue Association in full swing right now. We've had a number of competitors on from the FBA here over the last number of weeks. Not just because, you know, they're in season per se and KCBS haven't. You know, I'm going to make a secondary New Year's resolution. It was going to be focused on FBA, right? And then I'm also going to try and be more concerted with the IBCA. I want to be all-encompassing. I want to be reaching across all aisles and helping people and kissing babies and all that stuff. I don't want to be viewed as just a KCBS-friendly show. Plus, I'm working on the new KCBS president to come on uh, Mark Simmons, I believe. All right, lots of things going on. All right, uh, let's reload. We'll step away. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show and watching the Barbecue Central Show on the Barbecue Central Networks and the OutdoorCookingChannel.com. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what? We ate fifty four wieners. But listen, Lavernius, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working right now. Ooh, top men. Alright, uh, just like that, we are into the second hour, ladies and gentlemen. Kent Wheelis is uh, taking up arms for me to be uh, my helper when it comes to getting some IBCA stuff here on the show. Kent, I'm going to hold you to that. Don't piss me off. Don't fail me now. Beats, don't fail me now. Uh, Still to come tonight, Steve Grams, Western W3 Barbecue Cook-Off Series. Daniel Vaughn, the prophet of smoked meat and the only barbecue editor in the face of the earth right now. That's safe to say, right? Face of the earth. Your thoughts, comments, and concerns welcomed at uh, 877-448-0433. You can also uh, email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. By the way, this is the Barbecue Central Show, where we talk about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. 
It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast, and I appreciate you joining me here on your Tuesday. Don't forget, this show is live. So if you're listening to it any other time than now, you missed out on this live show. It's not a taping, per se. It is a live stream that generates Tuesdays between 9 p.m. Eastern and 11 p.m. Eastern. You can come to thebbqcentralshow.com and listen to the show live. You can go to outdoorcookingchannel.com, hit the Watch Now button, and watch the show live every Tuesday. We're here every week. Take part in the fun and frivolity that the outdoor live fire cooking and grilling industry will lend to you. Fun and frivolity. Can you believe it? I'm going to tell you something that maybe you didn't know. The 2014 Sam's Club Series, folks, is off and running. This past weekend, for the first of the local qualifiers, uh, took place in Tampa, Florida. And the top six teams move on to the regional event. Uh, This time, the regional event will take place in South Maven, or South Maven. I'm going to say South Maven, Mississippi, which, if I'm not mistaken, is a new regional location for a, uh, a regional final. That will take place on October 8th. So bit of a spread for the teams that qualified this past weekend, uh, first part of February, and then having to wait until uh, October 8th to get their regional final shot. A top six teams moving on to that event. Well, looky here, a guy who was on the show a couple weeks ago, Damon Woolley, Woolley Bully Barbecue Grand Champion. Uh, Good Buddies Barbecue taking Reserve Grand Champion. He's a FBA guy as well. All Racked Up Barbecue, Swamp Boys Barbecue, Rub Bagby, uh, also FBA team, Rob AQ, fifth, and then rounding out the top six, rounding out the top six, rounding out the top six, Uncle Kenny's Barbecue. So congratulations to those six local qualifiers that have moved on now to the South Maven. Maybe I want to say South Maven because I know it sounds wrong. To the South Maven, Mississippi, Mississippi Regional Final, October 8th. So we'll look for them then. This is something that has nothing to do with barbecue, but a lot of you have daughters. I have three of them. Enough, more than one man should have for being such a good guy as I grew up and was taught the differences between right and wrong from my good set of parents. Nevertheless, uh, some of you have daughters just like me. Some of you have a preteen or teenage daughters like me. And, you know, what's the big thing? It's been going on for like well over a year now. It was term of the year last year. It's a thing called selfie. I know. I hate the name as well, just as much as you do. However, it has come to light that not only is selfie a terrible term that should be stricken from the American lexicon, ASAFP, but apparently if you are a girl, this is why I say parents pay attention if you have girls, but apparently if you're a girl, it's also getting you more uh, head lice. Yeah. Gross, right? But it stands to reason, I guess, if you stop and think about it. If you have ever seen a bunch of girls take selfies of themselves, is that redundant? Maybe it can't be a selfie of themselves if they're a group, like a group picture. You know what I'm talking. You've seen it happen. And if you haven't seen it happen live, you've seen it on their Facebook pages because they have no 
concept that uh, I'm taking a picture, I'm putting it on Facebook, and you know everybody can see it. <laughs> or they do. Oh, God. Anyway, it stands to reason that if you have ever seen a bunch of these girls take pictures of themselves with the phone, you know, what's the common thread? Well, there's a bunch of them. They all love looking at themselves. One is probably a dirty, filthy bastard. Literally dirty. I'm not talking about the pervert way, you lames. But also, their heads are like really close together. They try to cram as many heads into the camera frame as they possibly can, and their heads are touching. And of course, if you're a lice bug, you loves you some healthy new hair, so you kind of casually saunter over to the next closest head and make the leap. Boom! Increase in lice outbreaks across the country. If this is not a reason to stop these group pictures and selfies, I don't know what is. Lice on the increase. Lice is on the increase, folks. That's gross. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I think about lice, and if we redact it back down to the, you know, what's the possibility of you getting lice? I mean, it's way up there. You go to public school, you go to private school. The... I think if you go to, like, uh, what do they call it, patient number one or victim number one or patient zero, I I think if you go into the house or into the living conditions of patient zero, uh, they're probably not going to be very clean. I think that's by and far the the, the long and the short of it. Patient zero is probably living in kind of a dirty thing, and they have it, and then they bring it to school, and then it's just a cluster. Same thing with strep throat. Same, you know, it just pat. Once somebody brings it into the school, it's around. Same thing with, but when you think about strep throat, you're like, oh, throat's gonna hurt, or the flu. Well, I'm gonna be throwing up for a couple of days. Maybe have a fever. When you get that sheet of paper in the folder, parents, you know what I'm talking about. Little Timmy or Susie has been exposed to head lice. Man, it is, like, gross. I hate it. Oh, napalm the school, ladies and gentlemen, because then everybody is freaking out, and you go to the store, and you buy the NYX hair shampoo and the lice defense shield and all of this stuff, and the lice comb, because, like, you can comb. It's gross. Email from Alan Frankel. Hey, Greg, idea for you. Given what Pork Barrel Barbecue did with their list this year, you should hold annual awards for listener's choice, top rubs and sauce. Maybe five or ten products and get submission forms, uh, get submissions from listeners. Just a thought, Alan. Alan, as always, thank you for writing in, my friend. You know, I've given it some thought. Not just specifically to your email, uh, Alan, but I will address it. Uh, over the genesis of the show, the lifespan of the show, I thought, well, you know, should I do some type of an award? Should I do any type of award? I've always been against it. And the list thing, you know, I can see, but I don't want to, if I'm going to do a list, it's going to be my list. I'm going to make it and I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to get kicked in the balls or given high fives, depending on who reads it and take the criticism as necessary. I don't want to say, all right, guys, we're going to do a 
list of what the best sauces are and what the best rubs are because inevitably it turns into a popularity contest. And I don't like that. It's just like when uh, certain websites do a barbecue person of the year and they give you, you know, four or five nominations and then they say, all right, uh, turn it out. Whoever gets the most votes wins. I mean, how is that barbecue person of the year? It's popular person of the year. So I don't want to I don't want to do that. Uh, so if I'm going to do a sauce or a rub list, top five or top ten list. I'm going to do my due diligence. I'm going to try a bunch of sauces. I'm going to try a bunch of rubs, and I'm going to rate them according to my palate. I'm going to put a caveat on it, and it'll be my list. Just like if I was going to do Barbecue Person of the Year, which is also, as I talked about last week, a little odd that the Barbecue Hall of Fame at the American Royal is taking submissions or uh, uh, take, yeah, taking submissions on who should be considered to the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Aren't there enough people out there to pick from? I almost crafted a hand note for myself. I think I can make a pretty persuasive argument if I can say so. Folks, barbecue competition season is near. In fact, someone say it's here. Are you ready? Cook Shack has the smoker to get you to the winner's circle. Fast Eddie's by Cook Shack. The FE 100 is the choice of many top teams on the circuit. Dave Bosca, Butcher Barbecue. Dana Hillis. Big Papa's Country Kitchen. Todd Johns of Plowboys have competed using FEC 100s for years. David won the 2012 Barbecue Contest at the World Food Championships in Las Vegas, was featured on last season's Barbecue Pitmaster Show. Todd John won the American Royal in 2009 using his FEC 100. Other notable teams using the FE 100, Danielle Damoski, DVQ, Jiggy Piggy, Pork Patrol Barbecue, Jeff Northcutt of Dr. Nordy's Barbecue. Why do the legendary pitmasters prefer the FEC 100? Todd Johns of Plowboys considers his two FEC 100 a member of his cooking team. They handle his fire management. He can cook by himself. He does not have to worry about his temperature spiking. It will always be consistent. He can roll into a contest at 6 p.m., prep his meat, and be ready to cook quickly. FEC 100 puts you in control so you can concentrate on your flavor profiles and make those turn-in boxes. Cook Shack also has testimonials and how-to videos on their website, cookshack.com, and their YouTube channel. If you want to see these pitmasters, tell you themselves why they prefer the FE100 for their competition season. FE100 features a digital Cookshack IQ4 controller which lets you set the smoke cooking time and the temperature and holding temperatures. The heat and flavor source is 100% food grade pellet wood and they are easily obtainable. Inexpensive, easy to store. The pellet heat is controlled by a fully automated pellet system and is uh, produces very little ash when you compare it to traditional stick burners, of course, and then charcoal. If you want more smoke flavor, Cook Shack offers an optional log burner. Just call one of the sales professionals at Cook Shack. Just one. 800-423-0698. 800-423-0698. And they can tell you more about it. Check out Cook Shack website, cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. And discover the taste of real barbecue. One of the newest sponsors of the show, Cook Shack. Love to have them aboard, man. Very on. Cookshack.com or 800-423-0698. We're back with Steve Gramps right after this. Talk a little Western W3 barbecue cook-off series. Hang on.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, 877-448-0433, Greg at TheBBQCentralShow.com. My first guest in the second hour is the creator and director of a unique barbecue cook-off series that, well, quite frankly, I didn't get hip to until just about a month or so ago. And two of the three events have already taken place. Shame on me. However, the last Turn and Burn event coming up March 21st through the 22nd in Pleasanton, Texas. Let's go ahead and race over to the hotline. And uh, welcome first time to the show, Steve Graham's joining me. Steve, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing, you live in large tonight? Uh I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Steve. Uh, appreciate you making time for the show tonight. Look, humble apologies, because as I said just here in the open, I didn't really get hip to the whole Western W3 Barbecue Cook-Off series until uh, late in the game. But before we get into that, uh, maybe a little background about you and barbecue and all that good stuff. Oh gosh! Well, I'm just like any other guy in Texas. You know, you grow up eating barbecue. It's just, it's it's a cultural thing, and I think that's true of anywhere across the United States. That it, it's more than a culture. It's more than a passion for some of us. It's it's a lifestyle. It's it's just part of who we are. And what I love about barbecue and working for Western Premium Barbecue Talks is that we get to see people from all across the country and how they do it. And and I love the whole philosophy of, you know, the, the way you do barbecue, whether it's in Memphis or Carolina or Florida or Texas or wherever else, it's not that it's different, it's that it's wrong. You know, that's a, it's so personal for everybody. And that's one thing that I've really connected with is, is how personal of an experience you can have uh, talking with cookers and seeing how they do it and how it's just a little bit different. And theirs is the best way to do it. And uh, that that's just inspired me to really just embrace this entire industry and the people in it and, and just do our best working with uh, Western Premium Barbecue Products to put on some of the best events ever. That's that's the extremely short version of what we're all about. There you go. Steve Graham's joining me here on the show. The website, by the way, if you want to check it out here while we're chatting, Western and then the uh, letter W, the numeral 3, bbqcookoffseries.com. Uh, Steve, you know, you start seeing more and more barbecue series pop up across the country. When did you decide to put this one together? Oh, gosh. Uh, Ryan Lawson and myself, uh, Ryan and his dad, Jerry, uh, own and run uh, WW Wood, which is the company that runs, uh, that, that, that's the brand, that owns the brand Western Premium Barbecue Products. I met Ryan years ago, I'd say close to five years ago, when we started putting on barbecue cook-offs together. And he shared his dream, his vision with me of not just having a big cook-off or the largest number, but actually giving more back to the cooker, him or herself. Uh, because, you know, you do so many of these events, and, and they're all for such great causes, it seems. Well, there's another great cause that I love that's out there, which is the barbecue cooker. Well, we've all got bills to pay. There's no reason why we can't do one of these things and, and pay some money back to the cooker. So I guess it was probably about a year and a half ago when we really put the plan into action and, and found some great partners. Uh, in Pleasanton, Texas is where we have our finale. Uh, this year we also worked with the city of Halotus, Texas, and we also worked with uh, Green Harley Davidson there in New Braunfels, Texas. And uh, we partnered with these three guys to come up with this concept. Uh, we worked with IBCA to have the entire series sanctioned and work within the guidelines and the rules of what IBCA is all about. And uh, it, it really started blossoming from there. Steve, how much of a challenge was it to actually 
bring to life. I mean, you'd kind of, you know, nicely danced over a lot of the stuff that came together. But, you know, when did <laughs> you know you said about a year and a half ago to to where you are fruition wise now? Um, were there things that came up that you didn't expect that you were going to have to work through? Uh, without a doubt. I, I think that's true of any project, especially when you get close to a project and you really, really know it, it can succeed and you want it to succeed. Of course, there's going to be challenges. Uh, we, we met people that, uh, first off, didn't think it could happen, didn't want it to happen, didn't, didn't think it should happen. And uh, I, I think anybody who's ever put together big projects or anybody who's ever had a goal and pushed towards something knows that obstacles are just things to overcome. That's all. And when we started running into some challenges about, well, we want to have this event sanctioned. We definitely wanted to have it by, by one of the primary sanctioning bodies across the country. Uh, we have all worked with IBCA in the past. They're the dominant uh, sanctioning body here in Texas. So we decided it would be a great one to partner with. And they had some very specific rules that they would not compromise because it's the founding, the, the foundation of the entire organization. Uh, the double-blind judging system, for example. Uh, that was one of the things that we really had to structure our event in such a way so that we could still provide feedback to each of our cookers without compromising the double-blind system. Uh, that was something that took a lot of, uh, more than just hoop jumping, but really uh, sitting and thinking and planning and plotting and, and running scenarios over and over and over again until we came up with a, a system that works and works really well. Steve, you know, cooking in an event is one thing. Putting them on, obviously, way different. And W3 is three separate events at different places, different times of the year. How did you come up with the schedule, and why do you think it works so well? Wow, uh, that's 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 a big question. Uh, coming up with the schedule, uh, when I first started putting on cookoffs years ago, I was I was very cognizant of, of checking all the calendars and seeing what other events were going on in any specific area. If we wanted to do one in uh, Kansas City, we probably would not do one the same weekend uh, as you know, when they're doing the Royale, or uh, we wouldn't do one the last weekend anywhere in Tennessee because that's when Jack does theirs. Uh, and I think that's true with, with any big successful cook-off is you don't want to be a, you know, a, a competitor to another successful event that's going on, or at least an event that has potential to have some great success. Uh, but at the same time, there's only 52 weekends in a year. So no matter what you do, you're going to step on somebody's toes at some point. For us, it was finding uh, a series of a couple of things, uh, dates that worked that were within uh, good barbecue times for the area where we were at. Uh, we didn't want to like go up to Michigan, for example, and do one in February. Everything be covered in snow. <laughs> yeah. I can speak for that. Um, so finding uh, the, the timing of, of the geography, I, I think, was was a critical part. But also finding partners that were in line with what we're all about. Uh, you know, we're, we're not in this. This is going to sound crazy. I can't believe I'm going to say it out loud. But we're not in this to make money. <laughs> Um, we're, we're selling every stick of wood we can possibly make right now, and, and we're very blessed and have been blessed for the past 28 years that we've been in business uh, to be as successful as we are. We're the largest producer of barbecue wood on the planet. And I, I mean this when I say we felt this was the right thing to do, to find a strategic way to give back in a very impactful way to the barbecue cooker that has really taken care of us for the past close to three decades. Steve Graham joining me here on the show, director of the Western W3 Barbecue Cookoff Series, and again the website Western W3 BBQ Cookoff Series dot com. Uh, Steve, go ahead and uh, finish that thought. Apologize for interrupting. Not at all. Not at all. It's it just you know finding the things that, that match up and work well together. Whether it's your team of people, whether it's the location, the place, 
uh, the sanctioning body, the, even the cookers that come out. Uh, finding that, that symmetry that works between everybody is, is probably the most challenging part, but uh, I think it's the most important part. You, you have to have a good blend of everything to have a successful event, regardless of what the type of event is. Uh, and thank God, barbecues are just so so good-natured, laid-back, uh, and just good, down, salt-of-the-earth kind of people. Steve, let me back out just for a second, I guess for the folks who don't know about the series. Tell us how it works and has, uh, and I guess how some of these events have already transpired. And then in the end, uh, you know, prizes, uh, money, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, the Western W3 Barbecue Cook-Off Series is three barbecue cook-offs tied together with a points chase. It is sanctioned by the IBCA, by the International Barbecue Cookers Association. Uh, it started back in November in New Braunfels, Texas, at the Green Holly Davidson uh, dealership. Uh, the second event was in January of this year in the city of Hologos, which is right outside of San Antonio, Texas. And the third one is coming up. It'll be here in just a couple weeks, uh, towards the end of March, in our hometown of Pleasanton, Texas, which is where our manufacturing plant is located. And the, the points chase is determined a little differently than anything that we've seen before. We really wanted to work within um, a system that was already in place, in this case, IBCA. And what we do to assign points or what people, what teams do to earn points is uh, it's, it's determined by how far your, your, your barbecue trays advance through rounds at each of the three events. Uh, with 150 teams per event, uh, we decided we would make uh, four rounds of judging, eliminating uh, basically half of the trays, half of the turn-in trays at each of the different rounds. Uh, and for every round that you advance to, you get additional points. We went to painstaking lengths to, to I don't want to say bulletproof, but to run scenarios to see, well, what if this happened? What if that happened? And we came up with the system really for the purpose of uh, being able to do a points chase tied over different events, but also to minimize the opportunity of ties. Because uh, I know that's one challenging thing in barbecue is when you get two people turning in completely different products, but the points end up the same. So we came up with a system, spread it over three uh, three cook-offs with the goal of trying to eliminate ties and yet still have a point chase. Um, in addition to the points per round that you get, if you score, if, you're, if your tray places in the top 15 places, uh, you get bonus points on top of that. So that's when points really add up. I think the, the, the highest maximum number of points assigned uh, could be 351 points, I want to say. Uh, the expected average, assuming all teams are cooking identical, should be, uh, what, about 12, 25 to 30 is what uh, any team should would hope to expect on average if you run your bell numbers. Uh, but, of course, it doesn't always work out like that. What, any given Saturday, anything can happen. Is that right, well, I think that's one thing anybody in competition barbecue has come to know, that on any given Saturday, anything can happen. We're talking with Steve Grams uh, from the Western W3 Barbecue Cook-Off Series. Steve, you know, we talked about it, uh, well, you've touched on it a couple different times, IBCA sanctioning these events, um, you know, really big in this region of the country and, you know, kind of in that south southwestern portion. Uh, obviously, there's the FBA in the uh, southeast. There's uh, obviously KCBS, uh, the biggest sanctioning body of barbecue in the country, I guess, in the world. Do you choose IBCA because it is the backyard guys and, and they're the ones that most people are comfortable with? Or did you entertain any of the other sanctioning bodies when you're looking to get sanctioning for these uh, contests? We did look at, uh, at every sanctioning body out there, uh, including the ones that you mentioned, uh, Lone Star, uh, Gulf Coast, uh, and a few even smaller ones. We didn't consider the idea of going unsanctioned and doing our own event. 
And what I, I a couple of things toward that end. Uh, first off, in Texas, IBCA is, is the largest, and that's the most dominant sanctioning body, uh, making it the easy choice for us. Yep. Uh, but in addition to that, the, the there are pros and cons. If you ask any cooker, they'll give. You, if you ask five cookers, you get six different opinions at least. Um, there are things that we truly love about each of the sanctioning bodies. Uh, obviously, about KCBS as a competitor, knowing where you place from first to somewhere between one and one fifty, you know exactly what your what your trays did for you, and what your turnings did, um, and that's something that IBCA does not have. Now, on the flip side of that, what IBCA does for us as a manufacturing company in the barbecue industry, we want to bring as many people to barbecue as possible. And that's not just the competition cookers. It's also the general public. And that's one thing that IBCA excels at is you need to have lots and lots and lots of judges. We can actually entertain between three and 400 judges if we wanted to, if we could get that many people to come out. And that's just more people that are being introduced to our sport, to our passion. And that's one thing that we, that we just completely fell in love with. Um, do you think, Steve, just in, I'm asking you to speculate, of course, but do you think that the IBCA cooks get a fair shake when it comes to some of the cooks in the other sanctioning bodies? Do you think that they might be looked down on at all? Yeah, I, I, again, that's uh, one of those opinion questions where if you ask five cooks, you get at least six different opinions. And I, I think that wherever somebody cooks, they find that to be, just like barbecue, that to be the right way, the best way. And at the same time, they're not entirely 100% happy with the way that things are going. Uh, regardless of the sanctioning body, you ask anybody who cooks in KCBS or IBCA or Florida or wherever else, they will point out all of the flaws in the system, but yet they don't want to go cook another system. They like where they cook. Uh, they like how they cook within those confines of the rules. And I think that's true of so many things, uh, is, is that um, any system can be made better. Any system can, can find improvements. I, I think that when you start looking at which one's better or which one is more highly regarded or looked down upon, um, I, I don't. I don't think that's fair or appropriate in barbecue to do that, because that's not what barbecue's about, not to us anyways. For the folks, I guess, that aren't familiar with IBCA rules, can you give us kind of a, a quick Cliff Notes version of, of how the judging takes place in your events and in that series? Absolutely. Cliff Notes version would be uh, there is no garnish, which is one big difference between KCBS. All the trays are identical, uh, with only a piece of foil on the bottom of the tray, Instead of uh, signing in under your team name, when your team name signs in, uh, there are two tickets taped to the bottom of uh, two matching tickets taped to the bottom of the tray. When you turn your your tray back in, the bursted tray, for example, you keep one half of that ticket, so you have the matching number with the other number taped upside down and hidden, so it cannot be seen, not by the judges, not by the judge officiating team or anything else. Uh, therefore, when trays advance around, then you end up with your final table and you end up with your winners. They're not calling out team names, they're calling out ticket numbers. Mm. And nobody knows who has that other ticket until you call the number out and that person comes and you match the tickets and you have it verified by the chief judge. And that's that's probably the biggest difference between KCBS and um, IBCA. It's like uh, winning the lottery. It is. Wow. Uh, and it's fun. It's, it's a whole lot of fun because... You got somebody who's been uh, up all night trying to cook and having had a week of sleep, and then they finally make the brisket turn in. They're going to start having a couple of beers. Well, on no sleep, you, know, you get a beer and a half in your system, and it, it impacts you differently. Yeah. So, trying to focus on a little bit of ticket numbers can uh, can certainly create some drama in the crowd. Uh, when people come up either with the wrong number or they don't realize their number's been called, and and uh, when they finally <laughs> figure it out, oh, it's, 
you know, reactions across the board. It's, it's quite entertaining. Steve Graham's my guest. Uh, Steve, what kind of benchmarks did you guys set up uh, prior to this first series unfolding for you to gauge on how successful it is going forward? Um, you know, there's some easy benchmarks like number of teams, like uh, amount of dollars uh, handed out, awarded, as things of that sort. And a year ago when we did Turn and Burn, uh, which is the Pleasanton event, uh, the, the goal that was handed to me that we discussed as a team was uh, let's break $30,000 for a payout. Uh, so to do that, we created a 100% payout event, and it actually ended up being that we had added money to the event, so it ended up being like about 107% payout. Uh, close to almost 150 teams came out and gave us, with the added money and everything working out, to just over $34,000 in payout, nice. uh, which exceeded our goal last year. This year, the number was Okay, let's shoot for the let's shoot for the stars. If we can do that once, we can do it several times. Let's pay out a hundred thousand dollars was the number this year. So we divided that over the three different events. That was a big leading contributor into doing the the series, the three part series. And this year we will give out in total payout. I, I don't have the final numbers on turn and burn yet because it's still we still have money coming in. But it looks like we're going to be about a hundred and six between one hundred six hundred and seven thousand dollars that we will pay out in prize money to cookers in this series. Wow, absolutely fantastic, um, Steve. Plans for? I mean, we haven't hit the last event yet, as you said, it's coming up in a couple of weeks, March twenty uh, first through the twenty second. Uh, but do you have plans for yet another series uh, for twenty fourteen going into twenty fifteen, or you just want to kind of see how this one goes first before you uh, start putting plans together for a, a repeat series? Well, I think the safe answer is to say that we're going to see how this one goes first. But, uh, of course, we have plans, uh, without a doubt. We, we've already started talking with some other places, uh, some other geographic locations to kind of spread these events out. Uh, these three were all located right around San Antonio, Texas, within 30 to 40 miles of it. So we'd like to spread it out and make, make our series more accessible uh, to cookers. Um, this is our backyard, Texas. So I, I, it makes sense for us to start here and grow an event. Uh, as what we've done with our company over the past 28 years is, you know, you measure twice and you cut once. And that is certainly the case with, with series like this. I, I would love to do uh, KCBS events. I'd love to spread those across the country, uh, make those some high-dollar payoff events. Uh, there's no reason why you should have, you know, 150 teams or 200 teams come out and pay out five, maybe $10,000. You should be paying out some big dollars. And doing things that can really impact uh, cookers in the, in the entire barbecue industry. Uh, like next year, uh, we're looking at taking uh, at, at least Turn and Burn and probably the Holotus Cook-Off and kicking those up in numbers a little bit and probably adding some dollars to the payout. And, and uh, from there, just kind of seeing what else happens. Sounds good to me. Steve Grams is the director of the Western W3 Barbecue Cook-Off series. Uh, the last event, again, coming off March 21st through the 22nd. If you're in the area, obviously be sure to stop by and check it out. Steve, thanks so much for coming on tonight, man. Really appreciate it. No, I appreciate you having us. So, Taylor, if you can make it out, we'd love to have you. We'd, we'd even put you at final table if you can make it out and uh, come out to Pleasanton and spend some time with us. We, we'd love to cook with you. You're always welcome around the fire. Man, if I can get out there, you'll be the first guy I call, Steve. I love it. Appreciate it. All right, there he is, Steve Grants. Uh, again, the website, by the way, Western W, the letter, 3, the numeral, Western W3, BBQ Cookoff Series.com, Western W3 BBQ Cookoff Series.com. There you go. All right. Diva weighing in. Yes, she uses an FEC 100. Of course. Just checking. 
That was Steve Graham's. I am going to get more IBCA cooks. I'm... Oh. Try my damn pen. Let me ask you something. Do you hate standing near the hot grill waiting for your food? The answer is yes. Let iGrill take care of it. The iGrill 2, that's the newest one, it's on pre-order. iGrill Mini Bluetooth grilling thermometer. The iGrill, of course, the original iGrill. Working with your iOS device to let you know when your food is perfectly cooked. From almost 200 feet away, they magnetically mount to your grill or smoker and come packed with pretty awesome features like graphing for you nerds, minimum and maximum temperature settings, custom alarms, a powerful yet compact single probe iGrill Mini comes complete with the proximity wake-up and LED temperature indicator that goes through a range of color-based undoneness. Red lets you know your food has reached its target temperature, while green, yellow, and orange show its progress in that order. Get your own iGrill Mini for $39.99 at i, the letter I, devicesinc.com. That's iDevicesInc.com. Or look for them and select low stores across the country. The iGrill 2 is bigger and badder than ever with a full illuminated display, four probes for maximum temperature tracking. Ships in May, so a couple months from now. Pre-order your iGrill 2 right now for $99.99. Get free shipping on any order for $50 or more at iDevicesInc. That's the letter I. DevicesInc.com. Follow iGrill on the Facebooks. And uh, you can get exclusive offers and updates from the Facebook page as well. And don't forget, if you go to iGrillInc.com and you order stuff through there, same shipping discount applies. Anything over 50 bucks ships for free. But if you enter code CENTRAL at checkout, promo code CENTRAL, C-E-N-T-R-A-L, you get uh, 10% off your order. So check it out. It's uh, iDevicesInc.com. That's uh, the letter iDevicesInc.com. The iGrill. iGrill 2 and iGrill Mini. Get one, two, or all of them, and you will have the full family of iGrill stuff. Well, the iGrill 2 will be up there. But then you'll have it. You'll be ready. All right. uh, We will be back with the profit of smoked meat right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. 877-448-0433, Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. If you are uh, looking to jump in tonight, more than happy to have you, should you see fit. Uh, helping me close the show tonight, a man uh, who to date, the only editor of barbecue in the country. You can find his works being done at Texas Monthly. <laughs> You can uh, visit him at tmbbq.com for online access. Let's uh, go ahead and race over. Welcome back, uh, good friend of the show, uh, Daniel Vaughn, joining us. 
Daniel, how are you, buddy? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. Daniel? No. Daniel Vonjo to be honest. Let's try this one. Just in case. It won't happen to we Kent is already up in arms that uh, two weeks in a row I could be eating the Daniel Vaughn poop sandwich. Let me tell you something. That doesn't go over well in this house. Hi, is uh, Daniel in? Hello? Hi, is Daniel in? Uh, can I tell him who's calling? Yeah, uh, Greg Rampy from the Barbecue Central show. Okay, yeah, just a second. Thanks. He's probably like, oh no, I forgot again. He's not a born Texan. I, I he's he's a Buckeye. Are you kidding me? I know. Takes one to know one. Luckily, the si- silence isn't awkward. That would be really weird. Uh, while we're waiting for uh, Daniel, who I believe we should get confirmation is going to be uh, going to that uh, Houston livestock and rodeo event. Jeffrey Starks weighing in. Greg, your mom is online too. She wants to scold Daniel. Thank you, Jeffrey. As a matter of fact, I think. Oh, oh, oh. Hello? Daniel, Greg Rempe, Barbecue Central Show? Yes. Yo, what's up? Did I, uh, did I wake you up? Uh, just trying to get trying to get the kids to bed. Oh. Uh, should we uh, should we reschedule for uh, 2016? No, no, no. They they finally did. Finally did. All right, good. Kids are down, and now it's time to uh, talk barbecue like men do. Uh, Daniel, first of all, uh, let me change this graphic and show. I have this great picture of you, where you have oh, a no. whole packer slung over your shoulder like you're a 1940s mailman. Is that done like on a like on a a magazine shoot type? I mean, that looks professionally done. Yes, that was for the uh, Dallas Observer. <clears throat> I like it. it looks it looks very uh, very beefy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they had to give me a towel for that one right underneath the uh, brisket so my shoulder wouldn't get too bloody. Yeah, I would imagine. All right, uh, Daniel Vaughn joining us here, uh, the Texas Monthly Barbecue Editor, tmbbq.com, dot com, the website. Um, Daniel, are you going to be uh, taking part or going down and looking at the Houston Livestock and Rodeo event, which I believe is this coming weekend? Yes, absolutely. I'll be headed down there on Thursday morning, uh, going to be eating barbecue all over Houston, uh, and then uh, be going to check out the festivities and also uh, the competition. Have you been to the Houston Livestock and Rodeo event before? You know, I've been there. I've been there to walk around, see some of the teams and things, but I didn't really go down knowing anyone. Uh, so this will be the first time I've gone down there uh, actually knowing some of the teams and uh, with with real plans to go view the competition side of it. Is it also Daniel Vaughn going down with uh, the fame that you have achieved now over the last uh, 12, 14 months? Kind of a celebrity uh, down there, right? 
<laughs> well, there's a few people who know who the barbecue editor is, but um, I, I wouldn't call it a celebrity so much. Uh, I certainly have more teams who are willing to give me passes to their tent and things to, to come in and check out what they're doing. Um, I think all of them are hoping to get a, a mention in, in Texas Monthly of some sort. Is it a huge like spectator event as well? I mean, obviously there's a number of uh, competition teams, and I've heard you got to like uh, be willed a spot in order to take part, and it's not something you can just kind of enter in, almost like how the rib burners do it at uh, the rib cook-offs from city to city. Uh, is that something that you have found to be uh, true in your findings? Yeah, um, th- there's a lot of people who show up to kind of check out the spectacle, and uh, I think a lot of them have, I think a lot of people who attend have an idea that they're just going to be passing out barbecue samples all over the place. Um, but it's one of those things where if you're, if you head down to, to the stock show and rodeo without knowing one of the teams or without, without really knowing anybody involved, uh, you can do a whole lot of walking and looking, but not a whole lot of eating. Yeah, no doubt about it. Daniel Vaughn joining me here on the show. Uh, Dan, all right, so a couple different things I wanted to uh, talk with you about tonight, and one of them is, I don't know if it's the most associated barbecue meat with Texas. I would imagine uh, maybe some people would think sausage, but I immediately go to a brisket. And obviously there's a rich Texas brisket history down there, uh, something that you've uh, written on recently. Was there something new that you found, or was it like a, a more storied tradition? Was it less of a tradition than people think it is? What did you find about brisket? Well, we've been eating brisket for a long time in Texas barbecue joints, but um, for much of that history, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the single meat that was being cooked, and it certainly wasn't something that people were specifically asking for. Uh, a lot of the meat markets in town, or I'm sorry, a lot of meat markets in the state were um, taking the entire forequarter of beef. So that would include the beef ribs, um, the shoulder, the, the brisket, of course, uh, even the chuck roll, and, and smoking all of that together. And so you would just go into a barbecue joint, and for the most part, you'd be ordering barbecue beef. You weren't ordering a specific cut like a beef rib or a clot or a brisket. Um, and so I, I was trying to do some research to see when brisket really started to take hold and, and really where brisket started to first show up and uh, found some older um, advertisements, newspaper advertisements, going back to you know, the early 1900s, 1910, uh, and, and they were really Jewish delis, uh, one in El Paso and one in Corpus Christi uh, that started to sell smoked brisket specifically. Uh, and then there was also another grocery store in Greenville, Texas, uh, Nod Burnett's grocery store that uh, served smoked brisket. Uh, I, I spoke with Nod Burnett's um, grandson uh, earlier this week to try and get a little bit more history. He said that Nod Burnett definitely was not a Jewish man. Uh, he couldn't really remember a whole lot about the grocery store uh, and certainly didn't consider his grandfather a uh, barbecue pioneer anyway but but anyway there it was 1910 uh smoke brisket uh, for sale at odd burnett's grocery store so it certainly wasn't something that i was expecting to come across you know you always think that that uh, much of our barbecue history goes back to the meat market style of barbecue in central texas but you know there it was uh, clear as day that 
back in the 1910s. Uh, we're talking, this is like 40 years before brisket really became um, embraced at the, uh, you know, at the barbecue joint level. So, I mean, these places were certainly smoked brisket pioneers. So, as you said, you know, previous to that, it was, you know, smoked meat. You were having a number of other, you know, different muscles in there and, and, and ordering it up versus just having the brisket sectioned out. Uh, do you see a lot of barbecue restaurants present day out there, and you do go to a number of them that offer, you know, the, the shoulder or the chuck roll or the clod, or is it just pretty much strictly brisket anymore and you don't get the barbecued beef aspect of it right yeah you see shoulder clod at a few places um you know kreitz market and and smitty's both lockhart still have it and then uh lockhart smokehouse here in dallas has shoulder clod but shoulder clod isn't something you're going to find most places uh in texas it, it really in the late 60s is when everything changed. Instead of the meat markets getting uh, half carcasses and getting four quarters, um, this you could finally order boxed beef. So you could finally order a case of of briskets, or you could order you know one specific cut of meat. And at, at that point is really when you saw that shift away from uh, from cooking basically everything in the four quarter to cooking just uh, the brisket. You can certainly find beef ribs uh, at a number of places around the state. You can certain, like I said, you can find shoulder clod at a few places. I haven't found uh, smoked chuck roll uh, really on any menus, uh, but certainly brisket is is the most popular. The brisket is what you're going to find everywhere. Daniel Vaughn talking was here on the show, uh, editor uh, for Barbecue on Texas Monthly, TMBBQ. Like uh, Tango Mike, tmbbq.com, the website, if you want to check it out. Uh, there was another thing that I saw on the website was uh, your interview that you had with a Neely's Barbecue and Marshall. And uh, for the people that watch a lot of Food Network, we're not talking about, like, hanging out with the Neely's, uh, like, you know, the couple cooks. <laughs> right. I mean, this is a completely different. Yeah, this was uh, Marshall, Texas, rather than Memphis, Tennessee. But uh, yeah, these, these Neelys go ba- go way back. Uh, 1927 is when this Neelys opened, and uh, they're famous for their brown pig sandwich. So, again, going back to one of these um, storied barbecue places in Texas, where brisket really wasn't something that was a huge part of their menu. For them, it was all about smoking pork shoulders, uh, grinding them up and then serving them uh, on a sandwich with their special recipe barbecue sauce, shredded lettuce, and mayonnaise. Um, it's very similar if you have if you have any um, understanding of the pig stands that originated in Dallas and really went all over the country. These, that was one of the first uh, drive-in restaurants started in the in the 20s. Uh, if you're familiar with those, the, the menu at Neely's is very similar to that, but uh, there really aren't any of the pig stands left. There's just there's one still operating in San Antonio, but Neely's uh, since 1927 is, is still going strong and, and hoping to get towards their 100-year anniversary. Do you see, uh, or, or will they, when you're asking and you're interviewing them, do they say that they still get a, a, a ton of foot traffic, or how has the business cycle for them gone over the years? Well, they're one of those storied places in East Texas. They're, they're in Marshall, and so they have their regulars. Uh, they've got uh, they, they got people who, who stop in two or three times a week. Um, 
And they actually talked about one of their favorite customers, is Y.A. Tittle, the, uh, the yep. famous NFL quarterback who uh, – he, he's he's still alive and kicking. He lives out in East Texas, and he he comes in um, a few times a year, hangs out at Neely's, signs autographs, talks to the customers, and everything. He he really loves it. So they've got a they've got a few famous uh, famous customers who come by pretty regularly. Daniel Vaughn is my guest. Uh, Daniel, anything that you are uh, working on currently for uh, the website or the the publication that you can uh, let us in on, or that you're especially excited about? Yeah, well, I'm <clears throat> doing research right now into Czech sausages. So, uh, you know, much of Texas barbecue history is really due to the Eastern Europeans who migrated into Texas, and and the Czechs being a, a big part of that. And still, to this day, you can go all around Central Texas and find. Uh, all these different Czech sausages. And I, I'm, I, I started this trying to drill down to find that one true Czech sausage recipe uh, and then quickly realized that that was uh, kind of impossible. <laughs> so many of these recipes were family recipes brought over from the Czech Republic or Bohemia. or um, and And so they had such variation because they were the family recipe. It wasn't one specific type of sausage. And then also they all got textified. So most of them were pork sausages uh, when they were being made over in the Czech Republic or um, or over in that area. And once they got over to Texas, they started to add a lot more beef into them. Uh, some of them even became primarily beef. Uh, but all of them seem to have a few things in common. Even with all those divergences, uh, the Czech sausages in Texas generally have beef and pork salt, pepper, and garlic. Some of them say that it must have marjoram. Some say it's got to have sage. Some say it even has to have caraway seed to be a real Czech sausage. Yep. So there's still a lot of disagreement on what a Czech sausage is, but those those few things, the beef and pork mix, salt, pepper, and garlic, seem to be a common thread. Please tell me that you were the one that founded the ad posted on Craigslist offering $15 an hour for some schlep to wait in line at Franklin's Barbecue during the South by Southwest exposition. No, I'd happily wait in line myself if the barbecue's good enough. But, yeah, evidently somebody coming in town for South by Southwest, uh, they really don't want to stand in line. And, yeah, they offered up a, a, a Craigslist ad. And uh, they will pay anyone $15 an hour to stand in line. And then whoever that person was also got to eat the food at the end of it as well. Uh, I, I called Aaron Franklin for comment, and he basically wouldn't touch it. He's like, you know what, it's, it's great that we're popular <laughs> enough that, that, that there's actually a demand for that. Like, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would support that, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, supply and demand, capitalist society, and all that. But uh, yeah, it's it certainly certainly puts them in a unique category of places that you could actually make money standing in line at. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's my follow-up question before I let you go. Is uh, and I know you've been there, and I'm actually uh, going to be interviewing Aaron, I believe, uh, at some point. Uh, oh, it's about set to be April 1st, of course, because April Fool's Day, so you know he's never going to show up. <laughs> Nevertheless, um, is like, is it that good where you would actually consider paying somebody if you didn't want to stand in line, uh, or are we getting a little far-reaching at that point? I think it's getting a little far-reaching. I mean, the thing is, uh, 
you can get on you can get online, get on this website, and and you can actually reserve uh, meat to go. Uh, some I think at this point you probably have to reserve it like two or three weeks ahead of time. But if you know the date that you're coming into Austin, you can reserve the meat to go and just go in at like 10:30 in the morning and pick it up. So as long as you have a little bit of a forethought and can plan ahead, there's really no – it's not absolutely necessary to stand in that long line. Is, is there romance to uh, standing in the line saying that you waited like everybody else? Does it add Yeah, and, I, and, and also a lot of people turn it into a big event. I mean, right across the street, there's a guy who's selling wrenching chairs for five bucks for the for the day or for however many hours you need to stand in line and then there's uh you know they they come up and down the line the the uh employees of franklin barbecue come up and down the line selling beer and uh people show up with with their lawn chairs and coolers and mimosas wow. and maybe even breakfast uh and make a big party scene out of it so there is there's certainly an element of uh, the line taking on a life of its own. Yeah, it seems like it could be uh, mistaken for an SEC football game tailgate to some degree. Yeah, absolutely. Except, uh, they, yeah, they're just waiting for the barbecue. But, yeah, there are people who actually show up with, like, breakfast tacos and they hang out and they're, <laughs> they're eating in line because they know they've got a few hours to go before they get anything barbecue. Well. There you go. It's a business within a business. So we're talking with Daniel Vaughn. He is the uh, only barbecue editor in the country. You can find him at tmbbq.com. Daniel, always appreciate the time. Glad we could track you down this week. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. There he is, Daniel Vaughn. tmtangomikebbq.com if you want to check him out. He's got a lot. I mean, I love uh, reading a lot of the works that he does, but um, he does have, like, the news blurb. And I was reading that, and I was like, somebody is paying somebody else $15 an hour to stand in line to wait for their food. Wow. I can't wait to get that money. I want to make that money so I can spend, uh, I can hire people to wait for me. Folks, Tasty Lakes Barbecue Supply, known for their amazing selection of cooker sauces, rubs, and all the things for both the Backyard Cook and the Serious Competition team as well. They sell Big Green Eggs, Kamado Joe Cookers, Primo Cookers, Mark, I'm sorry, Mark, Mac and Green Mountain Pellet Grills, all the Weber Grills and all the Weber Smokers, as well as Meadow Creek Cookers, and cookers uh, that you can't get anywhere else, the largest barbecue guru dealer in the country and the very first to offer professional and amateur cooking classes. Featuring well-known chefs like Harry Sue and Todd Johns from the Plowboys. Call Fred Bernardo, smoking guitar player, or call him whatever you want as long as you buy something. Anyway, I mean, you can call him or his friendly staff at 800-677-2882, or just go over to your internets and look them up at TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. And don't forget, the smoking guitar player has over 150 cooking videos on the website as well. And in a couple of them, he doesn't even try to sell you anything. Just spitting knowledge like a pro. That's Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply in beautiful, dare I say, tropical, downtown Shillington, Pennsylvania. And if you can't get out there, which, you know, probably the majority of you can't, visit TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. We're back to wrap up right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, thanks again to Daniel Vaughn for joining me last segment. And uh, talk a little bit about the brisket history in Texas, something you found out. Brisket being served since 1910, believe it or not. I believe brisket good. Uh, back in the first hour, we talked with, uh, wow, drawing a complete break. Uh, we talked with Grill.Easy. Uh, grill. Grill-Easy. Grill hyphen. Uh, check it out. Portable, convenient, light that fire. And we uh, talked a little Big Papa Smoker stuff. And we talked with Steve Grams from Western W3 BBQ Cookoff Series.com. Last event coming off in March, 21st through 22nd. Then we closed out with Daniel Vaughn, TMBBQ.com. All right. Uh, if you cook with raw cast iron, reseason it each and every time. Let it burn back in. Little Pam, little Crisco. Generations of rust free service. Also September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, your program host, proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now.